Hello and welcome back. You're joining us today for our 27th episode of Opportunity Thrives. I'm your host, Jason Mitchell. And on this show, we are committed to better supporting the needs of today's secondary students. Through interviews with students, teachers, administrators, technologists, and education influencers, we want to understand what's working in our schools today, what's not, and how we can impact positive and lasting change. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on our show. Please click in the podcast notes to leave us a review. You can provide input or just send us questions. You can also reach out to us at info at opportunitythrives.com. On our show today, we are focusing on innovative educators across the state of New Jersey. And today we have the pleasure of chatting with Lisa Robotham, the secondary ELA supervisor for Passaic Public Schools. She also wears another hat as she runs the AVID program for the district. So thanks for joining us today, Lisa. We look forward to the many insights that you can share with our audience. Thanks for having me. Sure. All right. Lisa, will you just share a little bit about your background and tell us about your path to Passaic Public Schools? So uh, I'd be glad to share some information and background about my uh, trajectory and my path with Passaic Public Schools. I'm a proud product of the Passaic Public School System. Uh, I attended all of the schools, elementary, middle school, and high school, and graduated from uh, Passaic High School in 1993. And uh, I decided to return back to the district to give back to my community. And I became an ESL teacher, a high school ESL teacher for several years. And then I transitioned into an ELA uh, middle school teacher. And from there, I had the opportunity to become an elementary ELA teacher coach and work directly with teachers within the district to improve uh, teaching and learning. Then I moved on to become an ESL department chair in our middle school. Then uh, finally, my present position, which is the ELA supervisor of grade 6 through 12 within the district. And I'm also the AVID co-director for our district for the past three years. Well, Lisa and I were talking earlier, and I was sharing some information about how positively my family has been impacted from programs like hers. So I want to say thank you for everything that you have done and continue to do. Um, Your district, they are a leading district when it comes to perfecting that blend of instruction. And this year has been a heck of a year. We've had, you know, districts that are fully remote. We have districts that are hybrid. Um, Tell us a little bit about the state of your district. Right. So uh, it has been a different year for all of us in the educational system. In uh, Passaic Public Schools, thank you for uh, mentioning that we are one of the innovative uh, districts within the state of New Jersey. And we have uh, a mission, a vision, and a focus. And our vision is to become the best urban school system in New Jersey. And our focus is that we'll provide every student with the opportunity to graduate high school with a career certification and or 15 college credits by the time they leave us. We are presently fully remote, have been since March. And um, from March to June, we worked you know, diligently at trying to uh, connect all of our students with our teachers. And um, when the school year ended, we recognized that we needed to make some changes and implement um, different uh, capabilities for our students and teachers to connect on a different level. And uh, when we entered in September, we were prepared to do a hybrid model, considered the options, and then you know weighed that it was in the best interest of faculty, staff, and students to remain fully remote. And that's what we've decided to do. In preparation for that, 
we were um, working behind the scenes to prepare our city, our community, our parents and students, as well as staff for this transition. And it's been quite a transition for for all of us. Um, I, I when I look at all of us, educators from um, you know from administrators down through teachers, we have been pushed in ways like never before. I mean, personally, professionally, educationally, throughout all of this school closure process. Um, and then you just mentioned how you you said you were a little bit more prepared in the fall. Um, what are some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Well. We definitely recognized that while we were on the forefront of technology, we were one-to-one within our classrooms, uh, but the students didn't have access to Chromebooks uh, to take home. So that was one of our lessons that we recognized that we really had to work on our infrastructure and prepare to be fully remote. And so we recognized that technology was at the forefront right now. So that was one of our biggest lessons. We also learned how incredibly adaptable the staff is, the students, and how they're able to be resourceful and seek out you know, opportunities to be able to deliver quality instruction to our students. As a team, we were flexible and open to change for the benefit of our students and their families. Um, but going back, really the importance of technology and and equal access for our students as an educational system so that our students would continue to receive quality instruction and access to all necessary resources. Yeah, and I'm going to lean into that part of the conversation a little bit more because equity of access and whether it's access to devices, access to the internet, um, just even, you know, I had students who um, they were sharing devices at, at home or, you know, there were three or four students or children who were in the same room trying to receive instruction. Um, would you talk just a little bit about some of the strategies that you all employed when it comes to different uh, ways to support students for equitable access and instruction? Absolutely. With the internet access, we recognize, like you mentioned, that it's essential. Uh, We had similar situations where we have multiple children within a household. um, And from March to June, they were doing precisely what you mentioned, sharing a laptop. And it became difficult for students to really receive the rigorous instruction that we had intended for them because of those issues. So our district provided technology hotspots to any parents that were in need of it. We also issued Chromebooks to all of our enrolled students. And, you know, to further develop our curriculum, we wanted something that seemed somewhat seamless in a time where we are in such upheaval, so much change. We wanted to have instruction going on that was as similar or as close as possible to brick and mortar instruction. And so, uh, We are a novel-based curriculum within our district in the ELA program, and it was imperative that we found e-books for our current titles so that the students could have accessibility to the books uh, and the teachers could continue on with our present curriculum and pacing guides. So that was huge for us, um, you know, being able to do that, issuing the one-to-one laptops for every student as opposed to each family sharing a laptop. Over the summer, we were able to issue a Chromebook to every student. 
And that made a huge difference. You know, we also aligned our units of study and our core novels to make that smooth transition platforms that would allow us to engage our students in that work. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard anybody talk about uh, the the use of of novels and ebooks and making that quick transition. So that's really that's really cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I think the essential part of this equation is realizing the role, the critical role that teachers play in this equation. I mean, it's really been highlighted throughout um, school closures and teachers, boy, have they uh, stepped up and and really shown what they've got. Um, Can you just share some of the strategies and tactics that your teachers have used um, as they made this transition to virtual environments? Yes. So we all have, uh, as a district, we've approved Google Meets. So all of our teachers are uh, meeting with students virtually via Google Meets. So that's one of the tools that they're currently using. And as you mentioned, they really have stepped up. We have teachers that were across the gamut, well-versed in technology and novice teachers as when it comes to technology. So the learning curve was different and we approached it from that vantage point. We tried to really spend time building up those digital competencies, and we began our year with a focus on social-emotional lessons and building that classroom rapport. It's easy to build and foster relationships in in in-person instruction when there is, you know, when you're trying to connect with students digitally, it's important to dedicate that time at the beginning of the school year. So that's something that I saw our teachers do across the district, and it has really made a difference and an impact. They spent the beginning of the school year focused on getting to really know their students, understand their situation, how they're feeling at the present time, and just fostering a relationship with them and allowing them to have that much needed time with their peers. Uh, They've all been isolated. They've had minimal contact with their peers. So this was really important on all ends. Um, They've, you know, they've created a classroom structure that blends uh, synchronous and asynchronous tasks. I've seen many teachers be very, you know, innovative with creating screencastify lessons. They pre-record their lesson and then share it with the students. We've also issued, as a, as a district, we've issued document cameras so that the ELA teachers are able to model writing and close reading in real time so the students can actually see what the teachers are working on and then be able to, um, you know, replicate or duplicate that. Uh, we also developed, as a district, digital, digital interactive notebooks for students. And we recognize that all of these uh, strategies and tools are new. So we spent a lot of time offering professional development for teachers uh, concerning these different platforms like Padlet, Jamboard, Socrative, Pear Deck. And the teachers, you know, greatly appreciated it because we're asking them to bring the magic into this digital classroom. And I promised them that I wanted to supply them with the tools to do that because I want them to be able to have the same impact they have on their students when they're in person face-to-face and when they're digital. So it was my responsibility and the district's responsibility to ensure that we provided them with all of the things they needed so they can create that magic once again. Boy, you hit the the nail on the head with that word. That's precisely what it is. And when teachers 
bring that relationship and that connection to their students. Um, it is, it is just that it's, it's magic. That's so cool. Um, so a lot of my districts are, are talking about the struggle in that blend of synchronous and asynchronous. Um, do you just have an example maybe of what a week would look like for a, a teacher, a regular ELI teacher? Well, um, it would look different based on, you know, teacher to teacher, but the teachers in our district have a block schedule. So they have two periods of instruction and within that um, two periods of instruction, the teacher follows a gradual release model. So we begin the lesson with, um, you know, an SEL question or a wellness check-in or a, a, um, a moment of cheer, as some teachers have called it. And uh, that's their moment to kind of like welcome their students back into their classroom. And then they'll transition into some modeling uh, and sharing their, you know, learning target and success for cri- uh, criteria for success. Mm-hmm. And then um, once the, the teacher models, she'll invite the students to practice together. Those are their opportunities to perhaps use one of those previously mentioned uh, tools or strategies. Maybe perhaps on a Padlet, they'll have the students um, try to emulate what was just modeled, or they'll use uh, Jamboard and post a T-chart, and the students will be able to respond to questions interactively. Uh, I've had teachers um, pose their questions and allow students to respond verbally or respond via the chat, wherever their level of comfortability lies. The teacher will then assign the task that the students are expected to perform. And, you know, the task, this is where it might vary. The student, uh, the task may be asynchronous for a student that has displayed mastery through formative assessment throughout the lesson. And the teacher will release that student to complete an asynchronous task, you know, offline. And then there'll be some students who will say, uh, I need additional support. And they'll be able to stay with the teacher and work on the assignment synchronously. We've also embedded within our daily schedule at the end of the day, something called reconnect time. And the reconnect time is just simply that, an opportunity for students to reconnect with their instructor and ask questions about the task, uh, about what was modeled. perhaps about the homework assignment, we often know that we don't know what we don't know until we don't know it. So when we have to do the assignment, <laughs> you know, when I hear the teacher teach it, I think to myself, oh, I get this. I understand. I, I'm good to go. And when I'm actually physically doing the assignment, many questions come to mind. So it, it gives the students an opportunity to go back and say, oh, I attempted to do this. This is where I'm struggling. Could you please support me? And our teachers are ready, willing, and available to do just that for our students. So, um, wow, those are that, those are some of the things we've we've put into place. That's amazing. That is such a a smart way to to go about that. So, thank you for sharing that. I, our, I've just heard districts across the nation really articulate. A, a struggle with with creating that infrastructure. So w- when you talk about the reconnect period, um, uh, students can voluntarily go. Let's say they're they're struggling. They're really struggling, and the teacher can see that uh, with the data. Um, is that 
is it also a place where you could you could sort of recommend that student that teachers could recommend that students go for intervention? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it is you know uh, something that teachers are currently doing. We do ask uh, or encourage teachers to do so, and um, you know they do a lot of uh, parent outreach and let the parent know. Uh, I am recommending that your child attend reconnect time from this time to this time. I'll be available. This is the platform or where we'll be meeting and then um, try to facilitate them attending. It's, you, you mentioned parents and that's, uh, that's another area in education that has changed dramatically with school closures is uh, we see parents engaged and involved like, like never before. And also ha they have a different expectation of communication. So what does your sort of communication infrastructure look like from teacher to parent and maybe even district to parent? Well, I want to say, you know, that I, Thank you to the parents. It's incredible what they've been able to do, how well they're supporting their children and emphasizing the importance of education. Just as teachers have really stepped up, so have the parents. It's a community effort. And um, I'm really grateful to all of the parents in our community. So as far as parent support, we uh, offer different levels of parent support and in different fashions. So of course there are, you know, district blasts that are sent out, uh, communications, letting parents know of, you know, the big ticket items within the district, such as when we were uh, distributing Chromebooks for the hotspots. So those were uh, notifications that were sent out throughout the community. Uh, but we also have um, pre-recorded videos for parents to watch because they're helping their children at whatever age level support and navigate these digital platforms that they've never utilized before. So we created kind of like somewhat how-to guides for parents and how to access the digital platforms, how to navigate them, and so that they feel comfortable when they're helping their child in the classroom or after school. Um, We've also developed uh, videos. Each of the supervisors in the district, math, science, ELA, uh, social studies, created an overview of the year for parents so that they would be able to know uh, what the year would encompass, what are some of the uh, resources, whether it's a textbook, core novels, so that the parents kind of have an idea, a bird's eye view of what's happening in the classroom or in that content area. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think more personally, we also implemented a parent uh, support uh, program where teachers are available twice a week for two hours and they work with parents, uh, giving them some more uh, I would say critical lens of what's happening in the classroom. So for each content area, there'll be a teacher available that's saying, this is where we are in the pacing guide. This is what we're covering. This is what we want your child to know and learn this week. And I think that that is extremely beneficial because in our district, we're 93% Latino. And so most of our curriculum materials, unless they're an L1 or an L2 student, is going to be in English and not in the native language. So having this 
an opportunity for parents to connect with an educator and have a parent liaison or another teacher that speaks the language really closes that gap for the parent and, uh, you know, gives them the tools and resources to help their child because ultimately that's all we want is for their child to be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, it's neat. It's It almost sounds like you've enlisted your parents um, sort of in the role of a paraprofessional, like they're, they're assisting the teacher um, in, a, in a coordinated way to help their child. Absolutely. I mean, we view them as our, our you know, team members in the classroom. And um, the more aligned we are and the more uh, we cultivate and develop those relationships, the the benefit is just to the student. And I think that our parents have seeked out these opportunities, really uh, made the time and the commitment to be our partners in this journey. And we couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that infrastructure that you've created with your parents. All right. So I'm going to bring us to, to a closure with one last question. And, you know, I, I look back on this year and just think, oh, my gosh, there has been so much, so many challenges and loss and tragedy and uncertainty. And yet in almost every conversation that I've had with educators, there has been this emergent silver lining in the equation and and the good things are happening for kids and you to some degree you've already uh articulated that for your district as well from your perspective and the you know the lens that you look through what are some of the silver linings that have come out of uh, this experience one of the major silver linings is the respect for our profession and the admiration everyone has developed for educators mm-hmm. um it is you know very challenging to completely redesign what you do for a profession at in a matter of months. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they've been able to do that successfully. And, you know, we see our, our children thriving. And I think another uh, silver lining that we've seen is that our students are not only resilient, they are... Um, really taking ownership of their learning and they are navigating all of this in such an amazing way that you know i i I see them taking more ownership of their learning being proactive asking questions seeking help and you know i'm so happy that the classroom is one place that we can offer them a safe haven, some consistency in life and understanding this is what I can expect every day. There isn't going to be change uh, or and if there is, it's minimal change. And so just giving them their safe place so that they can interact uh, with their teachers once again, see their classmates, even if it is on a computer screen, exchange a smile, have a brief conversation and give us a small bite of normalcy in all this craziness that's happening in the world. Um, And I think that all of this happening has given everyone, uh, teachers, students, parents, some time for reflection. Our life has slowed down a little bit. And I think that, you know, often we are moving so quickly that we don't have those opportunities to seek out those moments of just being introspective and thinking about, uh, 
the direction or charting out your life or, you know, what was great about today. And I think, you know, we've kind of tried to include that in our instruction because we're thinking about the whole child. And I've seen that come through when I visit classrooms that, you know, the students are being more reflective and thinking about their future and, you know, how precious all of this uh, moments that we have with one another, being able to connect. So for me, those are like the major silver linings out of this crazy time. Yeah, most definitely. It's, I mean, I could actually, I could hear the smile coming through in, in your in your voice when you were talking about your kids and I could just, just sort of imagine them uh, smiling too when they when they log into their classrooms um, and for for that for sharing your your expertise and insights and experiences and just humanity in this I I just want to say thank you thank you for your time thank you for your commitment to your kids um, this has been a fascinating conversation and I appreciate you joining us Thank you so much, Jason, for having me. It's wonderful whenever I get the opportunity to talk about our district and our students. They're wonderful. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I've been able to be a part of all of this and, and secure some sense of normalcy for them and ensure that they're receiving the quality education they deserve. Well, what I love about these opportunities for all of us to learn from each other is hopefully we can sort of spread that, uh, that opportunity for, for more students. And with your insight and expertise, I, I think we can. So, so thank you for joining us today. And thank, thank you, you so much. Of course, of course. And thank you, Opportunity Thrives listeners. Um, thank you for your time today. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love to hear it. If you could take just a minute of your time and share your feedback on our show, you can provide a, re a review on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever platform you're listening on. Please reach out to us with questions or comments at info at opportunitythrives.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will see you next time.